Ladies and gentlemen, people of all gender expressions, thank you for checking out the North Bank Media Podcast. I am your host, Patrick Strevens. Joining me on the show this evening was Sam Reed. Sam is a filmmaker, producer, film collector. Of course, he operates Gorilla Motion Pictures with his partner, his business partner, Justin Kieber. Uh, Justin's on vacation. Hoping you're having a good time there, Justin. And um, honestly, Sam and I just entered into a flow state for 90 minutes where we talked about all things movie-related, movie filmmaking, history of cinema, a little bit of the culture. Uh, we spent some time on the Bo Burnham comedy special Inside that I would highly recommend to anybody. It's on Netflix. Uh, a real triumph and and probably one of the best pieces to come out of the, the pandemic for sure. So I really can't preface this because I don't remember what we talked about. Honestly, I enjoyed it very much. I think Sam did as well. Always great to sit down with a uh, kindred spirit and learn a lot and really just enjoy the evening. Please enjoy this conversation with Sam Reed. stupid thing for over, almost two years now I, come on <laughs> i know get it figured out wow yeah oh anyway uh are you uh whenever you're ready you can start rolling on your okay end. sounds good i'll i'll uh i'll get my final cut going here cool were you shooting today or uh no it's it's uh it's actually kind of nice i've just been uh in post all week mm. and uh, uh justin's in penticton okay. uh, with his with his girlfriend so I was like, sweet, I could just take a week and no shooting. I'll just work on stuff. <laughs> nice. So, <laughs> yeah. Um, some days those are nice to not have to go out into the world and, you know, just, oh, man. just be comfy at home for a bit. I know. <laughs> and then and then if you get too comfy, I'm like the kind so, of person that I start to like uh, think I'm never going to work again. Right. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Absolutely. It's such a, we could talk about this on the show yeah. as we get going, but sure yeah, it's such a bizarre way to live actually i know it's you know? it's it's crazy i don't know why we do it uh, well I, I don't know i mean i think it's still better than just a nine to five drudgery yeah i i agree with that it yeah. is for sure uh, well uh sam this is your third appearance so this puts you firmly in second place on the on the show so nice well, welcome and thank you <laughs> Who, who's ahead of me uh my friend devin bailey he he's been a regular guest because we go out and do these outdoor podcasts where we walk around yeah wearing the lav mics so oh that's cool yeah it's it, it is cool actually it's a totally different experience all right well it's my goal uh to try and beat devin so all right well <laughs> we were we were doing it very regularly on the full moon and the new moon we were, we were calling them moon casts but yeah. we've kind of fallen off. So it might happen. You might get to eight or seven or whatever. Oh, man. I hope so. <laughs> <laughs> hey, well, you are one of the few people who I think really lives the same life I live. We were just talking about that. Yeah. You know, it's some days you're out in the world shooting. Some days you're, you know, cooped up at home editing. It's, it's an oh, interesting, totally. interesting routine. Yeah. How do you how do you find it? Do you, uh, do you kind of like that balance where... Um, you're kind of, sometimes you're weeks of just like shooting and then, mm -hmm. and then you'll have like a week sometimes or two where it's like, okay, like now you got time to edit. Like, do you kind of like that having that kind of 
I do. I do like it. I really do. Like there is something to be said for, you know, being a human being and going out into the world and, you know, you have to, but also I am introverted. I think at my core. So to man, those days when you wake up in bed and you're like, oh yes, I don't have to go anywhere. I can drink my coffee. Then I can get editing later, you know, and just get a workout, whatever, you know? Yeah. It's, it's so fun to just like wake up and, and, and get the coffee. Then I'll literally, I'll go downstairs yes. and I'll just turn my computer on. I'll bullshit on Reddit for like 30 minutes, <laughs> <laughs> check my Blu-ray forums yeah. and then yes. uh, slowly ease into yeah. editing. Totally. That's, <laughs> yeah. that's the secret that we as, I don't know, I consider myself a freelancer. You're a bit, I guess you're about the same. Yeah. You're, you're branded, yeah. but you're, that's the yeah. secret is that we're totally. free. Absolutely. In some ways. And, and it's funny because, like, even right before this, um, uh, I just like started out of nowhere, kind of getting into an edit. Okay. And then I was like, "Oh shit, I have to, I have to do this." Because, but I wasn't <laughs> planning to. I was just like, uh, I was going to close the final cut, and then I like right. looked at it, and I'm like, "Oh, I'm gonna, maybe I can like grab, look at this footage for tomorrow to work on." And sure. then I started putting <laughs> it in there and editing it down, and then I was like, "Oh, you could just all of a sudden." Oh. You know, it's, it's hard to, um, like I try to structure my day, you know, okay. and have that morning of just, uh, you know, from like nine to like at least noon, just working straight. But okay. then sometimes you'll have like those, I'm sure you do that too, or in the evening, all of a sudden you, like an idea hits you or you, you get sucked into working on something. And yep, it, absolutely. That, and that's the trap, right? Is that because you're working from home for half of your job, you could, you might work when you didn't intend to work. You know, or, or, or you can get pulled in or, or you can get in the trap of doing too much, I think for, for a client. It's like, oh, I could do that. I could do that before bed or whatever. It's like, oh. Yeah. Yeah. I've, I've learned to try to like have my mornings more structured just so I'm doing less of those like late night working till 1am on something, you know, sometimes it happens though. Like I was, yeah, yeah. It depends on the project and your deadline. Like Mm -hmm. I was color grading this, uh, documentary for, Justin Brunel a couple of weeks ago okay. and it was like total crunch cause he needed it in like three days. And, <laughs> oh, and like we managed to get an extension on an extra day, but there was some, I was staying up till like, like midnight, just finishing off the last bits and then wow. working on revisions. But do your yeah. eyes get fried? Do you get fatigue from the screen in your eyes? Yeah. I, I think, I think a lot of the time when I'm color grading, especially at night, mm. it's good. But then, mm. uh, I'll, there's a point where, I know like this is good for now, but I'll come back in the morning and we'll see how it holds up. <laughs> right, right, right. And, and with color grading, like these glasses I'm wearing, they're just blue light blocking. Like they're not prescription, yep. but with color grading, you can't really do that. You got to be staring at the naked image, right? Yeah. And I, yeah. That's, I'm about to start coloring a feature myself, give and take. Nice. And I'm like, uh, part of me is like, I, God, like that's, that's a, that's a job, man. That's big. Yeah. I, I think it, it helps for me anyway to kind of what I'll do is like I have just one of those like little Ikea lights, mm-hmm. the little soft, um, okay taller ones. And I just literally like keep it right over here in front of me, okay. kind of behind the computer. Mm. And and I keep it really dim at night and I'll, I'll turn off all the other lights. It just kind of like helps so your eyes aren't completely like destroyed by the Bom- blue light of your screen. You right. Know? Bombarded um, by, right, just... Yeah, yeah, totally. Because that can, yeah, it can be too much, and then you can you can't get to sleep too because right. you're just staring at this light for like hours. Well, yeah. it kind of helps totally. And <laughs> yeah, and I I I don't think I would be a colorist by choice. Like I I know you do a lot of it, but you do a lot of everything. But um, 
you know that totally taking that blue light in at odd hours really buggers up the melatonin production and and like you said the sleep can really be compromised less quality sleep i understand yeah but and they have those um those things like on your iphone and stuff where mm -hmm. it turns it kind of like warmer right at night Mm -hmm. to help with that and i think you could do it with your computer screens also like your mac but i don't think that would really work for when i'm trying to balance (laughs) i know you're trying an image Everything would look very cold. You'd turn, you'd yeah. Say, yeah. So what the hell's going on? Uh, yeah. <laughs> for for editing though, I definitely do. Like I just I look at the image in the most degraded quality possible and just yeah, you know the warm filter. Oh yeah, that's that's totally fine. It's it's I I get like a lot of the time on bigger projects I'll work in like 720p. <laughs> I just I don't want my thing to lag and yes. Oh I know. <laughs> yeah, and you're just dealing with like low res playback and everything but yep yeah if you're enjoying this conversation please subscribe on youtube and give us a like if you're listening on apple podcasts please subscribe and leave a five-star review and now back to the conversation i really i was i got away from editing for a while and then i had to do a corporate thing this week and i really re re found the love of editing again like everything from like start a new project bin the footage organize it think about it and then the whole thing it's like yeah. Oh, fuck. I, I do like this. <laughs> yeah, it, it's pretty fun. There's that whole, um, what I kind of like about it is, is you can have those like creative moments mm-hmm. where you're like oh, discovering something by yes. editing a project. And, yes. and, and that's where, that's when I think it's like, it's really creative and it's an art form. Mm-hmm. But then, um, for the other side of the brain, which I really enjoy is mm-hmm. like the organization and, and, I guess the uh, the methods mm, to it, mm-hmm. like the binning, like you were saying, yes. or or kind of cleaning up a timeline, and that's why I think I like color grading so much because it's okay. just it's like painting, you know. Mm. It's just like ah, that's better. That looks good. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Satisfying. <laughs> it is. Yeah, it's very. It's like shoveling, and and you yeah. see the driveway before and then after. It's like oh, that's good. <laughs> totally. Yeah, mowing the lawn or whatever. Yes, the, Zamb- yes. the Zamboni going back and forth. Yeah. It's like. Yeah, so there and there's something about that too with editing where it's like there's just this pile of raw dough and then yeah. it's like you're just and then you, like you say you find it and you find it and you're discovering it. it's like oh I'm you know it's it's really pure creation in some ways. Yeah. Yeah, and it and it's it's not nothing that you do is really sacred. You can always change it. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, just cuz you move something here and try it out if it's not working it's like that's okay like mm-hmm. maybe it'll it'll come to you later, you know, and yep. and you'll think of it and you can go back to it. So that's, that's what I really like about it is it gives you, uh, the, the chance to just try things out mm-hmm. and, and then think on it. I find like, mm. you know, working on a project this week and, and it's a lot of interviews and, and trying to convey a story that way and, and try, and I'm like, okay. I'm doing it. I'm like, I'm getting the info down, but then I'm like, is this like entertaining though? Like, uh. is there a flow? So you're trying to think of that and, and, uh, and sometimes, you know, I'll cut for just the content and is it making sense? And then I'm not even going to think about the flow or the entertainment value yet. That's down the road. <laughs> yeah. You know, totally. <laughs> and, but, but sometimes going for like a walk, you know, I'll take yep. my dog out or going to the gym. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, then, then all of a sudden I'll be like, Oh, what if I like tried this with, with that scene? Or I remember this person said that maybe that'll help earlier yeah. to reinforce what this, you know, that sometimes it just comes to you. I, I imagine that's probably what writing is like too. I, I, I do think about like, I wrote a lot of essays back in the in university. It's like, that's kind of what it is. You're pulling all these references and these voices and trying to string together your own line. But 
I think, I think, well, that's what a documentary has to be, right? Like you have all yeah. that just, and you're working on some monstrous documentary, aren't you? <laughs> yeah, that's, yeah, that's, so that's what I've been working on. I'm almost done uh, the first episode this nice. week. I want, I want to get like, when I say I'm almost done it, it's like the, <laughs> sure the point where there's, <laughs> there's like the stuff where it needs to be, you know, right. and, and, and it's kind of there. Um, so I, I think like I'll have like, I guess an assembly rough cut, okay. hopefully by I think Sunday, I think I can do it. Nice. And, and that's right before this, I, I started working on something and ah. I was like, Oh, this is actually, I forgot about this person. I yeah. got to put them in here. Yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> There's a whole other universe over here. I haven't. Pulled. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Oh man. So yeah. I'm, I'm in the middle of shooting a documentary with Faisal about uh, people that work odd hours basically. Oh, cool. And well, I should ask you, like, I feel like the only way we're ever going to know what we have is to, is to, for him to hack out that first assembly. Like up till now, yeah. it's just like, it, it seems so big. Yeah, it is. And, and with, with this one, it's really helped where, uh, Justin who's directing it mm -hmm. has literally like, here's, he's written down in just like a PDF. Here's the outline of what ah. he's thinking for like all the six episodes like here here it is mm -hmm. and that's like so nice to have because then i could just look at it and i get okay this is what we kind of are looking at here mm. and then and then i can look at like later episodes to see you know maybe this is working there but honestly i think having uh you know hard copy some kind of a, a map out of okay. the episodes or what the flow would be or you know, mm. scenes or whatever is, right. is so crucial because you can get lost in the weeds for sure. I find <laughs> <laughs> totally. And, well, and you guys are doing episodes. So that, that's yeah. a whole other problem really. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I'm actually like, I'm kind of glad that it's episodic because it gives us, um, I think if it was one big movie, it would be so much harder to try oh. to convey it all. But mm. I think doing it in like these bite-sized chunks. Sure definitely helps you can center uh, it kind of on a theme yeah exactly yeah. yeah um yeah like one episode is is all about the like this is i think we talked about it last episode but this is the the sex worker documentary right. Right. and all that so like one episode is just about like the laws and stuff mm. like that and one episode is about uh the men who buy mm. you know one goes into like online so it, it kind of just gives you different topics to focus in on that's a good call and did you have enough strong voices from each sort of field yeah like i we're pretty good we're mm. doing a shoot in a couple weeks here uh we've already interviewed her once okay. she has an only fans so we've done like ah. her interview but okay. um uh then we were like hey like she actually messaged back and was like oh i should have said this too like do you guys ever want to do another shoot and we're like yeah nice. actually let's do a B-roll shoot too. Cause so we're going to shoot some additional content with her and, <laughs> and that'll be great. So that it's not just a talking head. Right. But like, absolutely. Whatever. Like she's on, she's doing your thing on online or whatever. Or oh, like you're going gonna... to photo shoot. Oh, yeah. that's kind of cool. You're going to like do behind the scenes of her doing an only fans session. Exactly. Exactly. <laughs> that's the, that's the goal. So that's... that's what we're hoping to do. Yeah. Now that, now what's her name? Yeah, her name is Annie. Annie. I don't know if I'm allowed to like. Oh, that's that's okay. I just give out the full thing, but <laughs> being kind of a I, creep. I'm just I curious. Tell, yeah, I could tell you. I can I can show you it after. Sure, though. sure. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> she's really great. nice. Yeah. yeah, she's really awesome. Yeah, so many of them are, and 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 I find that yeah. OnlyFans is booming in the last you know year and a half, yeah. and 
I, I'm kind of over. I'm not going to pass the moral judgment on it. If there's a yeah. market for it. Yeah. What the hell? Get paid. Go for it. You know? Yeah. <laughs> Who are you hurting? If anybody, I mean, I don't know if you're hurting anybody, hurting yourself, yeah. maybe. Yeah, exactly. Like that's, yeah. I mean, more power to you if you want to do it. It's, it's, it's interesting though, because nothing like it has really ever existed. So not really, yeah. I, I guess one thing I'd say is like, if a, as a consumer of it, if you're consuming that and that's how you're getting, if that's your sex life, that might be a problem, but that's a user. Problem, yeah, I think. Exactly. Yeah. I could see that. Yeah. Are you yeah. are you talking much about the online sex work in your documentary or it, it kind of gets touched upon by a few people and then obviously her but mm. uh yeah it's it's there but it's not like a huge factor it's a lot of these other things but who knows like it's right. still <laughs> yeah. it's yeah who knows where it's going to go <laughs> Oh man it's still it's still very much in the in the the early stages Right so. right but it's, it's been a lot of fun working on this though well, it's a it's cool like, subject, man. Like, it's a gritty, real thing. Yeah. Like, that's what a documentary ought to be. For sure. Like, that, that's how I've always felt about it, too. I'm like, that's the kind of stuff you want. You want something that is just, like, makes people go, oh, wow, I have to see that. Right. You know? A friend of mine today was telling me about a documentary on HBO called The Jinx. Have you heard about this? Oh, yeah. And, that and, one's really great. No, I won't give the spoiler, but I guess at the yeah. end, it's just like, what? Like, what? Yeah. <laughs> I want to check that yeah. out. That sounds incredible. It, yeah. It's even if you know what happens at the end, it's it's a great journey to get there. Yeah, true. And I guess I guess he totally ruined it for me and I didn't even realize it, but yeah. Still. <laughs> well, it's it's funny because I knew going in that made me actually want to see oh, it more. Okay. I was like, oh, okay. I gotta see this. Like right. that sounds crazy. Right. Um it's interesting though, because in that, uh they the documentary then becomes about the filmmakers at a certain point. And their attempt to try to get this guy for an interview again to try to stump him and get him to admit to something. Sure, yeah. And it's really interesting because it starts off one way and then all of a sudden you're in the production room with these guys. And you know, it's, <laughs> cool. It's really interesting, yeah. That's I like that attitude because like last night we were shooting at a comedy club and I kind of thought, well, okay, I have to play it nice. But it's also like I, I was just I'm a single individual here doing what I want to do. Yeah. I, I don't have to necessarily play by these people's rules. Like the bars allowing me to be here. I might as well be as intrusive and invasive as I can be. <laughs> yeah. You know what absolutely. I mean? Go in there and get the, get the scoop. Yeah, totally. Totally. <laughs> yeah. Have you had, have you had any, as you're doing this doc, uh, you know, confrontations or, or some hmm. tighter, you know, yeah. Sweaty moments, I guess. Yeah. Some like, <laughs> nail biting moments you know nothing crazy yet there there's been there's been like there was one interview where a guy like threatened to punch justin nice which was really interesting i actually don't think we'll end up using that interview because oh. it, it wasn't really good but who knows maybe it'll maybe it'll it'll end up in there if we need something spicy at a certain it, moment yeah totally yeah what? yeah that was that was kind of interesting and uh <laughs> guy was just got triggered by something I oh don't know. he he was yeah was he like what was his role or he was just this uh this guy who had like some experience uh observing it all oh from a street level oh i and see it, yeah yeah it got a little got a little hairy a little hairy <laughs> well yeah, I... I don't think we, but that's the thing where it's like sometimes you just need to like um uh What's the word? I'm profile these people better. Oh Is sure, right yeah, for, like vet know. vet them all. Vet them. That's yeah. that's the word. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah that's so, a good. Not some wacko. 
Exactly, exactly. So it was one of those situations. Um, but no, there hasn't really been anything too crazy, you okay. know. Um, it's all been pretty good. It was, you know, we went to like the border, stuff like that. Mm -hmm. um, so we've we've been to some cool spots for sure. Cool. But yeah, and where I shouldn't talk. I shouldn't talk too much. No, I no. Want to reveal. All no, definitely. <laughs> when, where is this going to be available when it's done? Um, I hope on a major platform. Okay. Our plan is like once we finish it, um, hopefully by early 2022, uh, then we'll go about the fun part of trying to uh, get some eyes on it and okay. maybe get some distribution. So nice, nice. Yeah. Well, it's. I mean, I don't see how you couldn't. Honestly, it's. I, it's so, I feel like it's. It's so got it. Yeah. Right, right. But that's man. That side of the business is such a. I don't know it well enough, you know, like mm -hmm. with give and take, uh, Jarvis found us cause Jarvis produced on it. He found yeah, us, right. he found us like a sales agent who's now kind of shopping it, but it's like, I don't, I, I, I wouldn't even know where to start. Honestly. Yeah. Yeah. It's so tough. Um, yeah, I'm not too familiar with that whole side. I guess it'll be a learning experience doing this. So yeah, I'm looking forward to it. Yep. hundred yeah. percent. I was thinking about, uh, maybe we talked about this before, but like, Back in the day when I worked on Oil Change, that documentary about the Oilers, the yeah. uh, the executive producer said, this can't just be a talking head and B-roll show. And I, yeah. for a long time, I was like stumped about what that really meant because it's like, isn't that what a documentary is? But I guess the best stuff is more the fly on the wall where you're like, yeah, the, the events are unfolding on camera. Absolutely. There's, um, and like we have a lot of talking heads in this one, but uh, we're trying, we're mixing in uh, I guess the fly on the wall type thing. And okay. uh, I was kind of initially worried we wouldn't be able to pull that off or wouldn't have enough. But as I'm kind of like editing it, I'm feeling like, okay, we do, we do have a pretty good balance here. And nice. And like, we'll be shooting kind of like recreational stuff and B-roll oh, to kind of help nice, as yeah. well. That's cool. Um, yeah. So, so that'll be good. I think that'll probably come at a point when we have like a pretty solid, rough cut locked in you know because then yeah. you know what you need exactly. to, what assets to cover up yeah yeah man yeah. but yeah there is there is like that fly on the wall style and then there's mm -hmm. like talking head style you know right like we we were gonna years ago we were gonna do a documentary about this guy who he was in a wheelchair you might he's kind of well known around edmonton he plays saxophone out in the park this kind of oh, like, yeah. real little guy but yeah. he something he was in a wheelchair and so, whatever happened he was actually got out of the wheelchair but it's like, that would have been the story you wanted to see. We don't, I mean, to follow him now when he's walking, it's like, well, it's yeah. not quite as impactful. It's not the same. But seeing it, you know, if if you had gotten lucky and started it and then seen right. that, that would have been, oh. it's like that guy who was filming the documentary about, um, I don't, I think he was doing it about doping. Okay. Oh. In, and then he, <laughs> Icarus, right? Yes. And, and then he stumbles onto this whole, other thing involving the Russians and right. then it ultimately it becomes this insane story. Right. And about it's literally unfolding in front of him and he's like actually with the guy. Right. This guy's like escaping Russia. That's that's so wild. Like that's yeah. that's what you want, really. Yeah. No kidding. I imagine when it was happening he must have been like, This is great. Yeah. But also I don't want to die. Yeah, exactly. It's like fuck. <laughs> There's something to be said for suffering for your art, I guess. Yeah. You know? totally like well okay l let me use that because that was a thought that i had about uh the bo burnham special that we're yeah. going to talk about a little bit he suffers in that movie quite a bit yeah 
but the art, sure. the outcome is tremendous. I honestly don't think I could overstate how great that thing is. It's amazing. Uh, I I was talking to a friend of mine, and he was saying, "Isn't it annoying, like how talented the guy is? Like, don't you hate it?" And I'm a like, "Yes, bit. a little bit." <laughs> because have you ever in your life tried to shoot and light a thing where you were the only? Like, I have no patience for that ever. Yeah, it's it's so much work, and then you get it to a point, and then you do it, and you're like, "Okay, well, I'm not doing that again." Well, yeah, <laughs> he <does> exactly. It. <laughs> he does it for like 90 minutes, and it's never yeah. it never repeats itself. There's always something else visually that oh, he does man yeah do you remember him from back in the day or do you were you familiar with him at all because i yeah i was i was kind of like familiar with him um i think i attempted to watch one of his specials like years ago okay. but i don't think it really clicked with me mm. and uh i so i kind of like wrote him off and then okay i saw um eighth grade or eighth eighth grader oh. the movie that he did a couple years ago oh, um okay because he yeah so he went and directed that and uh, I think it came out in like 2018. I remember that. Yep. Yeah, and it, and it was good. I liked it. And uh, um, and then seeing this, mm-hmm. um, I was just like, oh wow! Uh, completely changed my opinion of him. Yep. As a as a creative person. Well, yeah. I guess as as a comedian also, I was like, oh, this guy's like really really smart, really funny and dark. Very dark. Yeah. But, but I didn't I didn't know that he actually directed a film. Because you can see that in the way this is laid out, it's like it is a it's a movie, yeah, really, yeah, totally, and 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 like some 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 people were kind of uh, online were saying like, um, well, like is this all, you know, he pro- he must have planned this, and and like is he actually like having a de- you know a depression episode there, and I'm like, well, probably not, but it is a m- movie <laughs> it's a special and and just because you know the actual scene of him like smashing a camera or th- having a fit or mm-hmm. something right might not be true it's 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 at least based in reality and is probably something that he's going through you know at that time you know oh that's it's authentic a, it's authentic yeah that's a good point i had i guess i just well, I didn't know, and what was cool about it was it was just a self-contained universe, and it was like, well, yeah, was he having the episode? Maybe, yeah. maybe but like, really, it didn't matter because he probably did at some yeah. point. At some point, that's interesting. Do you believe that he shot that all himself? Can you? I almost can't. I, you know, there's like certain things because <laughs> there's like those zoom-in shots. Those and, have and to things be like that. Those have to be digital zooms. Yeah, and and they totally are because I was I wasn't sure. I'm like, how's he doing that? And then mm-hmm. I was looking at it, and the parallax doesn't change okay. on things as they get closer. So it's... he must have, <laughs> right? Because I, looking at that camera at the start, it's like a it's a Lumix, it's an S5, yeah. I think that Panasonic kind of higher end mirrorless. So yeah, it's like that, and just like a pretty typical looking lens, I think. Like the whole thing looks good, but yeah. there's no way there was some kind of servo set up or anything on that i don't think no i think he was literally just like he's probably using autofocus a lot of the time and just starting and stopping right there's a few times where he kind of shows you him doing it right love that stuff yeah when you see him with the tape measure or when you uh, you know when he's yeah it's i don't know i a lot of respect for that man holy couldn't couldn't do it myself <laughs> yeah that part where he like is trying to like look at the monitor and adjust something right and then he goes to l- grab the monitor to pull it closer and then the- it's attached to the yeah. camera and oh. the camera falls over <laughs> been there 
Yeah. You know? It's yeah. just like, yeah, you're just so into it. It's like, give me that damn monitor. And then, oh, yeah, right. I forgot. Right. I forgot. <laughs> but he, it's it's made with a filmmaker's eye. Like, I just thought he was a stand-up comedian. I honestly did not know that he had that kind of visual or musical ability. Yeah. Yeah, his like, music is great. It's like it's like Weird Al for the for our generation mm. almost, you know. Yeah, that's how I described it to my parents. I was like, he's pretty much like Weird Al, Weird Al type. <laughs> Except like Weird Al was always a parody, almost, almost always. Yeah, and this is all very original. Yeah, definitely, and and I like how his music. Um, he kind of like uh, references other musicians or genres when he does a song like oh totally there's that one like 80s style montage and that's kind of almost like a madonna song <laughs> i think it's called problematic right right where he's yeah. working out yeah <laughs> and then uh and then the the one of the last ones i think it's called goodbye is very like it sounds like oasis ah uh, yeah totally <laughs> i mean there's there is that great like synthy you know almost like the weekend or or whatever yeah. He raps almost like Drake at one, like the sexting uh song, yeah. you know. <laughs> yeah, his references are like like when he it's like I guess the word is pastiche, like when he when he nails the the reference, he I mean he nails the reference. Oh yeah, totally. No, I loved it. It was uh I've watched it I think like twice. Okay. Like watch it once and I'm like and I liked it and then I watched it with friends and then I was like, "Okay, now I'm kind of like getting this a little bit more." Right on. Yeah, I, I watched it once with, with my girlfriend and then I watched it. I just got through about half of it before we started. And yeah. you see actually how he starts to bring in the mental health uh, thread kind of about halfway through after the intermission. Yeah, yeah, it starts to it starts to come in. And and uh, yeah, it seems like a pretty natural progression too. Mm -hmm. I don't, I never felt like it was forced. It really feels mm -hmm. like he was just kind of working on it and then one day had an idea for something and just did it. Mm -hmm. And then... Right. Made it, edit, and put it in. I guess, yeah. I mean, because really it is just vignettes. Like, it's all just pieces. And there's then it's almost like he probably, okay, this is how I can string it together. Yeah. Later on. Because, I mean, some of those musical numbers, though, are just like, like I said on your Facebook post, it's a hit. That's an undeniable hit. Yeah. That Bezos, yeah. that Jeff Bezos oh, song. Oh, man. <laughs> I love that song. <laughs> how, yeah. he, then he comes back with the second one later right where he's wearing like i don't know what like this it's like he's like a sniper hiding in a tree with yeah. that fucking cloak on i don't yeah it's like oh man and and the it's amazing how like prescient he was with that because there was the whole right. like jeff bezos going to space thing like, like a week ago right like right after this came out he yeah, yeah that's that's what what can you say it's like sometimes they just someone just hits it you know oh man i love it uh <laughs> I never really thought of Jeff Bezos as like a, as a villain, but holy crap, oh, man, that, he... uh, it was so funny the, the last week, him doing that, going to space and that giant penis rocket. <laughs> He's like straight up Dr. Evil. It's great. <laughs> yeah. The bald and everything. He just, <laughs> yeah. do you think they shape, does the rocket have to be shaped like that? Yeah. Like, like does he, it... he must've, he must've known. I think he must've, man. You don't yeah. look at that and see anything other than, you know, a phallus. Yeah. Right. Like and what? His, his... The video of him with like, I forget, I think it's his brother. They're just like being interviewed and he has like this laugh that he does and it's oh. straight up James Bond villain laugh. It's amazing. <laughs> yeah, totally Dr. Evil. I'm going to quickly Google this because I want to fact check it. I heard that he made a, yeah. a huge charitable donation after he, Did he? after he touched back down. Oh, see, they don't talk about that. No, exactly right. 
So this is good content. Me Googling. Yeah. Oh, this is good. <laughs> This is good. This is good radio, man. I'll just I'll fill I'll fill the the space with uh with me talking about how I'm filling the space. Sure, right sure. Uh, like, <laughs> oh god. Well, okay. So he donated. This says that he donated ten billion in the year 2020. That's insane. Okay. But to that's a, the that's a, to the Bezos Earth Fund. That is a lot. Yeah, the uh, Bezos Earth Fund. Right. So it's uh, hmm. anyway. I I heard it was yes. Okay, right on. Uh, two hundred million dollars total. That, wow. that he gave away that's like pocket change for him oh that's nothing it's nothing <laughs> does it say where they went yeah i'd be curious where that money goes okay he gave it to two he gave the money to two people to do with it what they want a chef and a guy on cnn each got 100 million to donate to a charity of their choice <laughs> oh, a guy on cnn right yeah okay <laughs> A grand total of 419 million donated that week. So he made some other donations. So, all right. Just I mean, not all as bad as we like to pretend no, he is. No, I, I guess. Know. Who knew? Who knew? Oh, man. Because some of that stuff that came out about the warehouse, the Amazon warehouse working conditions. Oh, yeah. Pissing in bags and stuff. Oh, it's brutal. It's brutal. And then in the interview, and he was like, he was like, I want to thank all the Amazon employees. Oh I couldn't have done this without you. How could he say that? It's I like, a, you bastard. This is out of touch. <laughs> yeah. But also, you can't be too critical because I use Amazon as much as anybody. I know. You know, it's like, I, know. I love the getting my vitamins tomorrow, Ugh, you know? like Right? Sorry. It's insane. Like, mm-hmm. I can, I just click a button and it literally gets there, like, before <laughs> I even put the phone down. Right. <laughs> right. And there are places where you can get same-day delivery yeah. from Amazon. It's like, well, it's kind of Well, now we to- have... In, in Edmonton, we have uh, the warehouse now. So right. sometimes it literally comes the next day if it's in stock there. But right. it's so crazy um, how uh, this giant thing has just, uh, you know, completely changed. Changed everything. Everything, the way we buy and what we shop for and stuff. It's insane. Yeah. But, I mean, yeah. I don't see us ever going back, right? No. Like, it's all forward from here. Yeah. In the... And the, uh, Go ahead. It's just, it's that's why it's 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 like i think those people that are at that level are are, could totally just floodgates open on uh mocking them in stuff oh yeah stand up and just (laughs) online i think you have to (laughs) yeah yeah yeah. did you uh because you you said you spent some time on reddit i don't anymore but like what was kind of the did you see any feedback on the bo burnham special like what was kind of the consensus that you heard that was actually why I watched it because I was on uh, I was on the I'm on the subreddit for this uh, really <laughs> awful podcast called The Fighter and the Kid. Okay, Brendan oh, Shop. Yeah, yeah. And Theo, and, and Theo Vaughn or who is the other guy? No, it's uh, that's another one. Okay, but it's Brian Callen. Oh yeah, and, uh, Brian Callen. Who re- yeah, who recently got canceled. Right. Um, but this this right. uh, subreddit is is fucking hilarious. Okay, and all these. <laughs> All these, like, you have to look at it. It's so funny. There's so many. They just, like, basically make fun of all these, um, all the comedians and, uh, nice. and like, Rogan and, uh, <laughs> and and Brennan Schaub and all these guys. It's really funny. But uh, they, they froze a, a frame from uh, the Bo Burham special okay. where he has a whiteboard and he's talking about, uh, at, it's right at the beginning. Right, where comedy. Like, yeah. It, comedy, yeah. right? And then there's, there's one uh, link to... Uh, a circle and it says uh 
uh, podcast and it says middle-aged uh, white men changing the world by humping stools and hunting for elk meat or something and then and then which is just a total like uh uh call out to joe rogan 100 percent. and i was like oh i have to see this if he's if he's going after those guys that's hilarious that's great well <laughs> making making fun of the comedians that's that's next level that is that's very that's like meta isn't it like yeah <laughs> I originally at the start of that of the Burnham thing when he's talking about should I be joking at a time like this and like you know what's the point of comedy I was kind of like ooh I think that's the wrong attitude but then he just yeah. basically doesn't do that because then he goes on for an hour continuing to be funny <laughs> exactly I that when I started it I, I was that's I had the same kind of thought too um, and then really he does it and it allows him to get away with then saying all these things and doing the very thing that people mm. might criticize him for. Right. So by, by like making fun of himself and the, you know, having that self-awareness that he's doing it, then mm. it's like, fuck it. I can say all this stuff now and make fun of everyone. That's a good point. Yeah. He kind of <laughs> just clears the air immediately and then just yeah. <laughs> proceeds. Yeah. What? Yeah. Uh, gives him permission. Totally. But I couldn't help but think that the one that he did with the sock puppet was like, yeah that's everything like he nailed it so oh, completely i know i know even to the point where he's just like yelling at the sock puppet he's like are you gonna behave <laughs> right. and then it's like yes i'm like oh man this is so true this is this is so dark after, <laughs> this is the world <laughs> this is it right after the sock lectures him about like you know oppression and violence he then like violently oppresses the sock like it's so good yeah and then the sock gives up <laughs> the sock gives <laughs> up like, yep yeah, it's the ultimate just like dark reality that, you know, you can fight all these things, but resistance is futile. There you go. That really, in, in oh, it's a master. Like, I, I almost, yeah. oh, am I kind of over overestimating this, but I don't think so. Yeah, yeah. I don't think so either. It's, it's really, it's great. And it's just, it's really funny too. Mm -hmm. And yeah, it is. I feel like it's got it's got something for everyone too. If you're not like too yeah. into like the whole political thing, right? Then it's like um, you know you just got funny shit like the uh, unpaid intern song or the uh, I'm turning thirty song, right. which is really been playing that one a lot. <laughs> right, my stupid friends are having stupid children. <laughs> yeah, I'm like this is literally me. <laughs> yeah, this is it. Are you thirty or how old are you now? Yeah, I, I turned 31 in uh, February. Oh, okay, okay. Yeah. How about you? How old are you? I, I turned 32 uh, next week, so... Oh, nice. We're pretty close. Happy, yeah. happy early birthday. Appreciate it, man. Thank you. Yeah, it'll be <laughs> next Wednesday. Yeah, the 4th. Nice. Yeah, well... well may, may the 4th be with oh, you. Oh, thank you. Whoops, wrong, wrong month. August the 4th <laughs> be with me, yeah. Are you a Star Wars guy? Are you one of those... Um, yeah. Yeah. Okay. And by Star Wars, I mean like the original three and that's sure. pretty much it. Dude, dude, I watched the Phantom Menace in January. My girlfriend, it was her birthday. She's like, let's just, you know, cheesy yeah. movie and pizza. I was like, whatever. Phantom Menace. How bad was that movie? Oh man. I know. It's like the pod race scene is so good. Pure cinema. That's, that's the, yeah. one of the best things ever. That pod racing scene. You're right. You're Unreal. absolutely right. And the, this, the effects in that scene were like revolutionary. Right. They hardly look. Uh, like you, I'm amazed that that scene is 22 years old. I know. How, how and it's so, it holds up so well, the animation and everything that those guys did. I know. And no dialogue. It's just sound, yeah. it's just sound design and moving camera for like five minutes or more. Yeah. 
Oh man, it's it's great. That was that was George Lucas doing what he does best, I think, which is just uh, pushing technology mm. and uh, mm. um, I think empowering really good uh, 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 creators and and mm. and technical people to like put all their all in it. You know, the sound is so good that Ben Burt did, and okay. all the animation that those guys did at the time, just all revolutionary and. Yeah, it's amazing. Absolutely, but how can a, how can they have such a good scene like that? And then there's like when there's when there's like legions of those droids in the field. It looks like, oh, it's horrible. It's, <laughs> it's, <laughs> it is horrible. But yeah, did, did we look at that? Because I remember seeing that in the theater. I think on opening day, which was what like mm -hmm. May ninety eight or ninety nine. I think or, so. Yeah, they're about. It's like, did we excuse that at the time, or did like? Yeah, I think there was like that excitement of it's Star Wars, right? Right, you know? right, right, right. And also, I'm trying to think like CGI at the time. Like we had the Mummy, that might have been right around the same time. Sure. That was really well done for that era. But um, yeah, I think that was the first movie that probably had like whole scenes that were CGI and right. lots of crowds and stuff like that. I don't really think they. You know, they had done like crowd replicating, mm. like in in Forrest Gump, but those are still oh, like real people that they just like shifted around, oh. around the pond outside in Washington. There, the oh, okay. whole pond. Sure, sure. They would just like block shoot everyone, and then they'd stitch them together. But oh. I think Star Wars was one of the first ones to have like all those characters like in a scene, right? All the droids and interesting the, ro the robots like, and stuff yeah and so in in the original star wars it was all like paintings and miniatures right like it was yeah. all real basically yeah right oh man it's like speaking of i wish that <laughs> like one of the things that disney getting star wars that when it happened like 10 years ago i was like oh my god does this mean we can get the original <laughs> three movies without all the cgi right and i'm so sad it still hasn't happened no I don't think it ever will. The original three with with CGI, you said? Without without oh, all without. the changes that George did. Oh like, yeah, and like in the late nineties, he recut. Yeah. Right. I remember there was that yeah. scene of like Jabba slithering across the tarmac. Oh. It was like why why awful. <laughs> and the only reason they really did that was so he could test the technology to uh, for two years later when they did Phantom Menace. Right. <laughs> well, and but man, Phantom Menace, what a mess! Because like, also Darth yeah. Darth Maul is like the, one of the greatest villains ever. Oh yeah, and, yeah, like so cool, so cool. Oh, man, yeah, and you got to give shout out to that end scene too. That battle is really good. Right, fair enough. Yeah, that that whole I think that's probably the one of the best lightsaber duels in all of the movies. Okay, like it's it's so good with the dual lightsaber. Right, right. Yeah, it's a sh th yeah. It's just, it's just, yeah. It's, it's a shame the rest of the movie is <laughs> I know, subpar. Like, right, like, like you could even argue that like the Jar Jar Binks character and that flying slave owner in the desert is yeah. like kind of vaguely racist characterizations yeah. of these people, aliens. It's just really odd, really odd choices. Very odd. <laughs> yeah. Lucas, man, but. Now, did he have a hand in anything Star Wars related after that second trilogy? I don't think so. Right. I think he, from what my understanding of it is, is that he kind of got a, he was kind of pissed at Disney. I don't know if he was angry, but he, he had a plan that he handed to them. It was like, here's like what the three stories are. Okay. Like, here's my outline. And they essentially just kind of like threw it out and did their own thing. And we saw what they ended up doing and <laughs> it wasn't good. Not Like not the good. first one, the first one's okay. I mean, it's, 
it's a fucking <laughs> remake of A New Hope. Basically. Um, yeah, it doesn't really bring anything new. And then the second one is kind of just like, what the hell? Right. What's I, going on here? And I, don't I haven't even, seen the third one. I don't but. even know if I've... I remember seeing the first one. Was that like 2015? Yeah. Like where they're... Like Yoda and Luke burned down a library. Like, isn't that, is that in there? Or is that so? Oh, yeah. <laughs> right. That's... Yeah. yeah that, <laughs> what the hell was Yoda that? And... Yeah, that was... That was the second one, I think. Oh. Where, uh. where he, he's like... Is that what happens? I can't remember. Something happened, but yeah, it turns it out awful. Yoda's like a fascist. Like he's engaging in book burning. Like what's going? on? <laughs> I knew it. I knew it. That old bastard. Yeah. yeah. I, what? A, that's so weird, man. But how about those other ones that were out of the trilogies? Like the what was there? Like the Han Solo origin? Yeah. Were, I, that were those one was okay. Good? Yeah. It was okay. Um, I didn't. You know. I just think it's just unnecessary. All these fucking. I think they learned their lesson, though. I right. I think after the reception of the Han Solo movie, and mm. they 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 saw people were like, yeah, no, we don't <laughs> need a new movie every year that just explains every single character and backstory, right? <laughs> for no reason, right? Like just like take five years and make a yeah. something solid. Yeah, I, I think like that was their plan initially was to do, mm. um, like a, I I think they were planning to do a whole bunch of these like origin story movies and they've kind of just like shelved all those ideas oh really yeah it and it seems like they're just they fully went into the disney plus uh show mandalorian right which um, was i actually i haven't seen it but oh i have you seen it I, I i watched the first episode i was like this is cool but yeah i can't get sucked into episodes man that then my life just you know yeah. the series is too much i can't do it yeah, like I've heard it's I've heard it's really good, but yeah, I'm the same. I'm like, yeah, I get it. It's yeah, it's it's uh, a western it's Star Wars. basically. Yeah, I get it. I get it. <laughs> Although I would like to see Bill Burr. I know Bill Burr's in a couple episodes. Like that'd be pretty wild to see. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I would love to see that. That's that's the one thing that's kind of inching me towards <laughs> right. finally watching it. Right. To see old Billy Freckles in there. Yeah, apparently he's Billy. quite good. Yeah. Yeah, I, I that's what I've heard is that he kind of like steals the show whenever he's in it. <laughs> <laughs> Do you listen to his podcast ever? Oh yeah, religiously Re- like, oh, every week. <laughs> nice. There's some about having that guy once a week or twice uh, a week visit you and just yeah. Although he's that's an interesting arc, hey, the way he changed who he is completely, really yeah. over time. Yeah, it's it's really interesting uh, seeing him grow because mm-hmm. on Thursdays um, he does the episodes where they flash back. Right. He plays an older episode from like eight or so years ago. Right. And the person there is like just a more uh, unrestrained version I know. I know. Of, of today's Bill Burr. It's really funny. <laughs> um, he makes me laugh a whole hell of a lot more, I think. Yes, um, definitely. Just because he's so fucking ridiculous. But I, I like I like his I like current Bill Burr. I feel like current Bill Burr helps me work through my shit a little bit more. Uh, no, that's <laughs> fair. Like, and old Bill Burr makes me laugh and also just like, yeah, what the fuck is with those people? Right. Or, That's so true. Like, yeah, it is all bullshit. <laughs> it know? is. He, yeah, like he's been calling out, you know, the bankers and, and the and governments like for years. It's like he's right. Like it's <laughs> yeah, obviously. I remember. So ahead of it. Yeah, 100%. Yeah, I, I was going to say something about him, but I kind of got away from him for a while. And then I listened yes to the Monday one this week and it's like. And like when he answers people's questions, it's oh, like that yeah, is so underrated. Like that's it's a yeah. solid podcast. I love, I love 
right now him just like talking about his diet and uh, <laughs> how he's like, oh, old Billy bitch tits gained like 20 <laughs> yeah. pounds and now he's trying to lose weight and all that. It's it's funny. Got to get on the elliptical. Yeah, the elliptical. Like he, that guy used to just drink and drink and drink and now he's like, he goes yeah. out for a, a cigar and a root beer float with his wife. It's just like, oh man. <laughs> I know. And he's just like, Jesus Christ. And he's so like self-aware. <laughs> oh Yeah. How he's become this, that's what's so good about it. But you can tell that he's actually, like, really happy now. I feel yeah. like oh, yeah. before he was so angry. <laughs> but, oh, yeah. He, it's so funny. He'd bring his wife onto the podcast and they'd just fight for 10 <laughs> <Yeah>. minutes. <laughs> it was so good. Those those are epic sometimes when she comes in out of nowhere and they just start fighting. It's like, yeah. yes. About, like, feminism or something. Right, right. It's so good. <laughs> oh, I love it. Uh, yeah. Earlier, when you said you listened to a really awful podcast and it was the fighter and the kid, I thought maybe you're gonna. Yeah. Say, I thought maybe you're gonna say Come Town. Have you ever? Listened oh man, to that? dude! I've listened to clips on YouTube. I I am oh. fully addicted, and I I it's, it's so funny. It's oh, man, is it ever funny? You feel, I know. You feel bad laughing at most of it, and some of it is even too much for me. And I'm like, wow, like these guys really don't care. Yeah, I. Uh... I I'll get like the YouTube links will pop up like okay. a montage of them talking about a subject. Right. So I'll watch those. I think the first <laughs> one I saw was Steven Seagal. Oh. And it's just all this time for them talking about Steven Seagal and how shitty he is right. for like 15 minutes. And it's like the funniest thing. Cause these edits, they'll take the clips that they're referring to from the movie. Oh, and, nice. Yeah. Just them oh. talking about how he's, he's got his little sunglasses and how he, he like is so fat and he always wears a leather jacket <laughs> He's not holding the gun properly, and he's just like shooting it, and still kills all these guys, <laughs> just ripping the guy apart. Yeah, Steven Seagal's hilarious. an interesting character. Like he made what one or two like pretty solid action movies at the start of his career, right? Yeah, he was he was great in like the late <laughs> the late eighties and early nineties, right? When that kind of thing was just that was all you needed right. to sell an action movie and make like a hundred, hundred million dollars at the box office. Right. You just need a guy to come into a, a quickie Mart to get a diet Coke. And right. then these two guys try to hold up the, the guy behind the cash register. And Steve's just like, Hey, uh, I don't know if you should do that. You know? Uh, and then he just does his little karate chops to the throat and neck breaks. And he always, always snapping people's limbs or fingers. Oh, I noticed that was kind of his trademark. Okay. That was, weird that's yeah vicious but they all they all had their thing right like uh i guess van damme did the splits right uh and uh seagal just karate chopped people's throats and Mm -hmm. broke their limbs clint eastwood (laughs) just had the 44 he just yeah made it easy you know yeah he would say something like really snarky and then he'd just blow the guy away with his 357 perfect (laughs) just easy I remember uh, that that's there's that shot in Dirty Harry where Clint walks out of the restaurant with the hot dog and the Magnum. It's like that's it. That's the greatest. It's it's so good, and he's just he's just like one handing it, just yeah. like blasting this giant Magnum. It's a fucking cannon. And he's, totally. Yeah. Does he even stay around after the guys on the ground? Does he just walk away and he's like, "Well, I'll let the, right. the rest of the cops fix this." He goes back to his hot dog shop. Pretty much. You know? Just yeah. a renegade, because he, he doesn't oh. doesn't kill the guy, right? Like he just he no. he pulls the trigger, but he knows that the, yeah. Oh, it's so good. I I rewatched uh, the first one. Nice. And uh, and then I I watched this uh, little documentary they had. Oh. 
on on the disc and it it was really great because it was all these like uh modern day interviews with like filmmakers and and uh, like the guy who wrote lethal weapon cool um stuff like that like just talking about the character and, mm. and uh, i guess like what makes him iconic and it was really interesting because they kind of brought up that at that time there was a lot of like distrust in the government right with uh vietnam and with nixon with watergate mm. that to have this like cop who just doesn't play by the rules he plays by his own code of ethics <laughs> and just comes in and will just take care of business he doesn't he you know fuck red tape right i'm just gonna you know walk right through that and just you know use my gun and yeah i'm gonna just i'm gonna kill the the psycho with a sniper rifle even though i'm legally not allowed to enter his apartment or whatever you know it's right like, Right, it was like they took the cowboy character and just transplanted him, yeah, into the into totally. the city. It was like law of the gun or whatever, you know. Yeah, yeah, and then and then I think you kind of see it's interesting how that that cowboy kind of character. There's like echoes of it because yeah, Dirty Harry is definitely he's like the '70s version of that, and there's that like grittiness and mm -hmm. there's that grittiness to like Dirty Harry where it's just like horrible things that the killer does you know he right. shoots like an eight-year-old kid right you know he leaves this girl like naked inside a sewer it's just right. i feel like stuff like that you just wouldn't even do today it's just and the way it's handled it's not it's not flashy it's not slick it's no. very like it's rough like it, it, i remember watching it as a kid and just being like jesus christ shit. like yeah. this is this is an R-rated movie. <laughs> 100% it is. And they and you're right. And a lot of just long lens zooms, which are yeah. awesome. And a lot of like cameras whipping around. and Yeah, yeah. totally. And it's, it's got that great soundtrack. It totally. You know? It's like jazz yeah, it's, almost. It is. It is. It totally is. It's it's great. Lalo Schifrin score. And, mm. um, um, and then uh, I think you saw then that character also similarities in the 80s, but it became the buddy cop. Yep. kind of thing right? right right so you got like lethal weapon is kind of like that same uh, kind of character right right and and, that, and then i guess then that also then that transformed again into the john mcclain type with die hard mm. and uh and then it became like the everyday guy up against extreme odds right you know and then the, people ripped that off all through the 90s it was like die hard I, like steven seagal did one die hard on a battleship you know that was really? under siege oh god yeah there's a really good one. I mean, it's not good, but it's great. <laughs> <laughs> I hear you. <laughs> in a, in a, in a, it's fun. John Claude Van Damme did it. it it's called Sudden Death. Okay. And it, he's <laughs> a security guard during uh, the Stanley Cup final. What? And these ter and the president or the vice president is at this game in the special box. Okay. And these terrorists come in and take him hostage, and Van Damme is the only one who can stop them. Wow. <laughs> Yeah, what what is die, that movie it, called? Oh, it's a Die it's Hard called, movie. Yeah, it's called it's called Sudden Death. It's basically oh, yes. Die Hard at the Stanley Cup. It's How amazing. have I never heard of this? I I yeah. need to find that. And they do they do the the classic thing where it's like he used to be a firefighter, but oh. he like couldn't save someone. So there's like that emotional backstory to him. <laughs> and now now I'm just a security guard at, a, at an arena. Right. And he's estranged from his kids oh, and they're at the game, you of know, course. but he's like, I have to work, but stay with your sister. And then of course the kids fucking get captured by the bad guys. Oh yeah. So. I throw that in there. Yeah. It's oh. fun. It's, 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 you know, I love those movies. Oh, I know. Just back when there was less, I don't know what it was, pretension or, or 
yeah having to or there was less control maybe by outside forces where you could make a movie where it's like that's what people wanted to see was some yeah. badass dude just thwarting the bad guy i mean that's the story we want and they would always be constantly trying to like one up each other so they would put like more money into them right. <laughs> like try to make the finale even bigger like right um give it even more scope and and more explosions and yeah it was it was a, such a cool time and I think the '90s are probably like the last great yep. decade for uh, for Hollywood movies. You know, um, I think like you had technology was so good because we also had CGI just kind of coming in at that time. Right. Yep. And 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 then like people could start trying things out, and and there's like this whole sandbox of things they could play with. But it was still not the only thing mm -hmm. that they did. Nowadays, I feel like movies are just an excuse to kind of showcase some special effects. It just seems like it's all about that, you know? Oh, I hear you. I was going to say maybe Mission Impossible has kind of bridged the gap from the 90s to now. Yeah, yeah, totally. That's a good, that's a good, that's a good point. He's, Those are still so fun. And they have done some wild, real practical shit in those movies. Oh, yeah. Like where yeah, he's like hanging the... onto the plane. Oh, man, that was crazy. <laughs> and, and climbing up the, the building in Dubai. Right. Oh. Or they jumped out of the plane and the camera operator yeah. also jumped out of the plane. <laughs> right. Yeah. They did that crazy skydive. Right. And like, I think they shot it in like IMAX. Right. Right. <laughs> like, it's Can you imagine nuts. the rig he probably had to. Oh my God. It's amazing. Yeah. There's the, I, I got to hand Tom Cruise. He's like yep. still holding strong with those, uh, with those old school movies and. He finds a way to, to make them work and to sell them too. Like right. somehow they still make a lot of money. People, yeah, there is something. He's the last action. He, well, who who else would it be if not him? The Rock, yeah. the Rock maybe. But what's he been in lately? Yeah, he's kind of. I don't know. I never really. I never really took to his action movies. Mm. They never really like sat with me. Okay. You know? But but yeah, I think like Tom Cruise is really he's the last one. That's it's like who do we have after that? Really? I mean, not John Cena after what no. happened. <laughs> No, <laughs> recave. Um, I'm just looking. My SD card is filling up, so I'm going to pause the recording. Sure, if you could pause I'll yours. Pause too. This yeah. is professional level content here. I listen to this other podcast called Tuesdays with Stories. It's so oh, funny. These I've, I've two, heard of that. These Who's... two, oh, Mark Norman and Joe List. It's oh the, man, it's the funniest podcast. You have to listen to it. I love Mark He's, Norman. Yeah, and him and this other guy Joe List, they're so funny together. Like they riff back and forth. It's never. Um, they're never like serious or like full of themselves. Okay. It's, just, it's, it's hilarious. Yeah. <laughs> I highly recommend it. I'll check that out. Cause I'm yeah. always looking, I mean, there's too many podcasts, but I'm always looking for one that really, cause sometimes it's like, okay, Rogan's just not doing it. I don't care yeah. about this guest. And I got away from Bill Burr and then I was listening to Theo Vaughn for a while, but he's, you know, he's kind of up and down, but yeah. Mark Norman, God, cause, cause that guy is so self-deprecating, right? Yeah, exactly, and like they're they're consistently funny together because okay. I feel like they make each other funnier. Um, they have like this the way they riff. It's like a Seinfeld episode. It's <laughs> like they get they have this like cadence to the way they talk. <laughs> okay, it's it's really funny. Are they yeah. are they like longtime friends or something? Do you know like a yeah movie? yeah yeah they're both like New York comics that kind of came up together I think and uh, yeah it's a lot of fun. There's this other one that Joe List does. It's it's called it's him and this other comedian and they just like watch movies. It's called Joe and Ron on talk movies or watch movies, I think. Hmm. But that one's really great too. Cause 
they actually had like Louis C.K. on oh, for wow. two episodes, and like he never does anything in the last like four years, right? right? So that's like the only content that you can really see of him aside from his special, right? So listening to him talk about Stanley Kubrick was so cool. Interesting. He's he's like really smart and a, a really great filmmaker, and just listening to him like break down The Shining was like hmm. I learned things about that movie I never like really thought of or really. Yeah, oh, I've checked yeah. that out. Yeah, I'll send it your way after. Did did Louis C did Louis C K's movie ever see the light of day? I I don't think so. Man, that's I was thinking about that. Like that's a shame. That's kind yeah, of unfortunate. It is. Like I don't know if he just owns it now or or who owns it. You know, mm, right? Man, it must have cost him a lot of money though. <laughs> I remember at the time thinking he get you get what you deserve, but now I totally think the opposite. Yeah, I really don't I, think yeah. that that. It's one of those things where it's like, you know, I don't know if like what happened to him fits what he did. It's, you know, it's, it's tricky because people have their opinions and mm-hmm. I don't want to get canceled or anything. But, no, um, no. I, like I would never know. defend those things. <laughs> but yeah. Also and he like, didn't, he didn't either. No, he didn't either. And, and, yeah. 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 It's, it's, it's one of those things. But uh, yeah. I know I'm like, I miss him. Like I miss his, his voice, you know. It's I miss... not like Bill Cosby where I'm like, fuck that guy. <laughs> yeah. Like I never I'm liked him. If I, yeah, I'm fine if I never have to hear from him again. What a piece of shit. Or like Chris D'Elia. <laughs> Chris D'Elia. Oh, Chris D'Elia. You know, where it's like, what a fucking piece of shit. But And he's still, he's still doing his podcast and he still yeah. has people defending him. And I'm like, did you read those fucking articles of what he did? Right. This guy, <laughs> I love the, I love how they just like, painted over him in army of the dead oh really reshot it with this other actress they replaced him completely like they must have spent so much money to do that oh man was did he have like a major part yeah he was in it quite a bit um that's hilarious i forget what the actor's name is i think like tig nataro or something like that but i haven't seen the film yet but okay yeah i saw some work that they did to replace her they just reshot so all her his scenes that he was in with her on a green screen wow. and then they put her in. It's amazing. Like they had to match the lighting and everything. Um, yeah. Just amazing. Just to, just, to, just to cancel the guy. Yeah. We had to cancel to, this guy. Full. Just, just to get him out of, uh, <laughs> out of, uh, this movie. <laughs> well, didn't Brian, didn't Brian Callen also was yeah. underage girls also? Yeah. I think, well, apparently like he, he actually like, assaulted uh, a woman and stuff yeah it's it's pretty bad so he's like another guy where i'm like yeah fuck that yeah well he always yeah. struck me as kind of bizarre kind of weird yeah but, yeah but with louis it was like well yeah obviously that's not cool really but <laughs> it's not like you physically harm like remember the dave Chappelle yeah. joke like you couldn't just hang up the phone you know yeah exactly and and uh and also like um leaving the uh uh oh fuck i lost my train of thought completely but i was okay i forget what anyway yeah it it was one of those things where it's like he it kind of got caught up and there was a lot of you know the harvey weinstein thing and, right. and a lot of other kevin spacey a lot of people that were like doing really bad shit at the time right and then you know he got caught up in that it's true there was like levels to that where like yeah. some people were grossly offending you know like like weinstein yeah. or epstein or whoever but then it's like or you i guess but everybody just there was like a wave right um 
Yeah, I, th I think that I think Aziz Ansari was like right. one of the last ones where, and then people were like, I don't know if that really counts. Right. <laughs> what, what? Yeah, that was so. It was like the date just didn't go very well, or yeah, he, the, the yeah, sex it was super wasn't awkward. Good. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> like, well, you can't cancel a guy because he's like an awkward weirdo. Yeah, exactly. But again, I, I'm talking out of turn because I don't remember all the details. I yeah. I, I, I've kind of overpassed. That's what this podcast has taught me is not to try not to pass the moral judgment on what's going oh, exactly. on. It's like, just let, let it, I'm not going to ch make any changes. Yeah, exactly. You know? Just kind of, and, and that just takes me back to a Bo Burnham special. What I like so much about it is he even has that song at the end where it's like, um, talking about how the, the oceans at our doorstep and, uh, <laughs> and you know, you can't change it. Like you're, you're out, you're here telling me that, uh, the world's ending and it's like, yeah, it already did. I know <laughs> that's <laughs> right. a lot of the time. That's kind of how I feel about, about it all. I'm like, yeah, well, there's nothing I can really do other than like be nice to people around me. And, mm -hmm. and, and that's like, you know, put out good energy right? and try to try to do the right thing. I think that's pretty much it. And just the fact that he was able to say that in that special, and just yeah. lay it out there. It's like, well, obviously. It's like sometimes you forget that climate change is, is going to basically probably be what ends it. And we're, yeah. and we're worried about other little things, you know? Yeah, yeah. We get so caught up in the in the, like, the everyday kind of drama and, and mm -hmm. all the politics and all that, you know? Right, right. Yeah. It's like, well. Let's not forget about all this. Yeah, right. But also it's kind of like, and you're right. There is nothing we can really do. There's nothing yeah. one individual can do to change. Yeah. Which is kind of a, that's also, I thought what kind of was running through that Bo Burnham special was that kind of existential dread or like that, Yeah, you know, it's just like, I'm being stuck in the room is the perfect image for that, you know? Yeah. Yeah. And, and I think like, like the whole last year with, with the pandemic was mm -hmm. co totally, I think all that stuff kind of bubbled to the surface, you know, yep. for a lot of people too. While we're all stuck inside, right? <laughs> thinking, thinking about stuff, not not in the, you know, like those like couple months we had where we weren't all not doing anything, right? You know, I think you kind of had that realization to kind of just start thinking about those kind of things. Yeah, yeah, totally. That's why I think that special might be the the enduring piece for me from the pandemic. Like that, it sums it up perfectly. Yeah, you know. Yeah, yeah, totally, totally. That's the one I'll always kind of look back on. Right. For sure. And not feel, right. because some of it now feels just so gross and stale and, and tired, you know? Like, oh, I'm so yeah. sick of talking about it. I know. It's like, I, I just don't want to, I don't want to see any more things, mm -hmm. you know? Oh, I'm making a movie about COVID or a documentary. I'm like, <laughs> can we have like five, ten years before we do any documentaries about right. what really caused COVID-19? Did it really escape a lab? Right. It's like, oh <laughs> God. Remember, remember like March and April when it was just like, yeah, you know what? It, it's a, it came from a bat in China and it's all yeah. good. We're just going to shut down for a bit. The government's going to give you money. That was like a really nostalgic. I yeah. have a nostalgia for that. And then, you know, June or so when the, the riots started and kind of yeah. started looking like maybe this came from a lab and then it, it's just been hell for a year. I know it's crazy. And, and like, it's been nice this summer in Alberta, mm -hmm. you know, everything <laughs> opening up, but then I was online today and I'm just reading how we're like, numbers are climbing. I'm like, Oh fuck. Are sake. they climbing again? Yes. Well, and right. it's like, ah, oh, 
God damn it, we better not go into fucking lockdown uh, again. <laughs> I know, I heard, I saw something, I saw, I saw something about the fourth uh, wave. I was like, the fourth yeah. wave? I was like, no, I've had too many waves. No, I can't handle it. I, uh, this is like turning into Marvel. We got to have an origin story. <laughs> we got to have a 10th wave about right. Black Widow or something. Right. I don't know. Right. COVID, COVID needs to have all these spinoffs and sequels. Oh, It's got the Delta variant now. Right. That, God, has its own series. Oh, I know. <laughs> on that, Disney Plus. That's totally it. COVID is a bad franchise that just won't die. <laughs> yeah, it's like enough. Enough. Just put it out of its misery. <laughs> well, we. Uh, I know. Uh, yeah. To me, it's like I just can't. I can't survive another wave where I can't go out. And you're the same, probably, where you can't go yeah. out and do your job. I know. You know. God damn it. I. I yeah. I don't want to go through that again. No. It's like I hate just like getting money. No, I hate it. Uh, you know, it was like, it was brutal. Like I, no one wants to just sit at, at least I don't want to like sit at home and just collect my $2,000 every month or whatever. No. Like, and I don't, two, you know, two I'd ra- yeah. It's like, I can't, you can't live off that, you know? And, <laughs> and it's like opportunities. I'm just like thinking, I'm like, ah, oh, like this is just like stuff I could be doing. I could be yeah. traveling, you know? So yeah. it's like, anyway, I've enjoyed like the freedom while it's existed, but yeah, mm-hmm. hopefully, hopefully it evens out we don't go into that no i yeah because about what is it 70 percent or 80 percent of albertans are vaccinated it's like i saw something where it was like 64 but i thought it was like i thought it was like over 70 i don't know didn't we have to crack 70 so that we could have the stampede i think that's what i the whole thing's been a lie yeah i don't know (laughs) what's going on i think covid's not real yeah well he said it folks he said it right here on the podcast i said it he said it covid's not real no they just want you to they want you to get their vaccine so they can control you and they can wipe out the populations and make women infertile that's all it is that's all it is they're turning the frogs gay (laughs) yeah (laughs) (laughs) seen anything else lately good worth reporting yeah let me i i did a little uh earlier this week nice so true romance i don't know if you've seen this one. Oh man With... um so, yeah let me let me pull it up here because i just watched it so it's a tony scott movie based on it and the screenplay is by quentin tarantino ah. and it it literally came out a year before um uh pulp fiction right and uh christian slater Patricia Arquette, Gary Oldman, Dennis Walk, uh, Dennis Hopper, Christopher Walken, Brad Pitt, like all these great actors. Wow. And it is so good. And is I it? think it deserves reappraisal because I think a okay. lot of people haven't seen it. And it's such a, it's really interesting because it's a total uh, Tarantino script. You know, cool. it has, it has that cadence. It has that voice <laughs> behind it, but it's like directed by, Tony Scott who did Top Gun and right. Man on Fire so it has this like whole other visual style to it it's like and an action I, an action movie almost or yeah it's 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 just got his like really interesting visuals where it's all backlighting and huh. and uh, the music is is it's really it's really cool just seeing um like there's this Gary Oldman character in it who is right. so insane and <laughs> I feel like he wouldn't be like that if it was a Tarantino directed movie but because Tony Scott brings this like crazy energy right. to the movie and and like there's a scene where there's like he christian slater confronts gary oldman at this uh at his like club or something i don't know what it is it's like a neon lit 
room. Sure. That's so weird. You're like, where is this? Yeah, is it what, a nightclub? What's going on? <laughs> and, and, and then he's just sitting there eating Chinese food. Yes. And he's, it, you've never seen Gary Oldman like this. It's another wow. true, another true understated performance from Gary Oldman where he's just so extreme and he's got like all these gold teeth. He's got a scar on his face oh. and he has dreadlocks. <laughs> what? Yeah. Oh man, that guy's a chameleon. I need to see this. Yeah, true it's, it's great. And but yeah, it, true romance. And you, you're saying it kind of got buried by Pulp Fiction, like in the in the history books. Yeah, like it it, it kind of bombed at the time it came out because I don't think people really knew how to what it was because uh, no one. I don't think like Tarantino wasn't really an established person at the time. If it came out after Pulp Fiction, I think everyone would still hmm. acknowledge it as an, like an all time like one of the greats. But it was in this awkward sure. summer of, I think it came out around the same time as Jurassic Park. Okay. And like that year. And, and so it was just in this weird time where people weren't really ready for it. <laughs> then a year later, Pulp Fiction comes out. It's a huge, sp- makes a huge splash in, 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 the, in film and, and establishes Tarantino. And mm-hmm. everyone is now trying to rip him off. Right. And then this, but this movie existed right before it. So mm, that's always but interesting though, that Tarantino also had a hand in it. So he was like a, yeah, it's great. It's great. And, and he actually has a commentary on the, on the disc, okay, which is cool. Cause he never does commentaries on his own movies. He even says right at the beginning, oh, he's really? like, yeah, he's like, I don't do these on my own movies, but he's like, but I didn't direct this one. So interesting. I'm, I'm okay with doing it. <laughs> I wonder <laughs> why, really great. why he would do come just as like, let the movie speak for itself kind of thing. I think so. Yeah. I think that's what Spielberg does too. He doesn't oh, do okay. commentaries. Yeah. I think I, he always tells a story where he was at a, he got to see Lawrence of Arabia in theaters mm-hmm. with a, the director, David Lean. And he mm-hmm. said he went to go see the movie and David Lean wouldn't stop talking the whole time. Oh my God. And about it, which is really cool. But then at a point he had to be like, David, I, this is really great, but he's like, I really just really want to watch this movie because it's so good. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> so he's like, so he's like, I don't want to put people through that through the same thing where I'm gabbing over my own movie. <laughs> right. I remember, yeah. I remember hearing a similar story about when Kurosawa actually went to Russia to visit Andrei Tarkovsky, and they yeah. they got hammered. But Tarkovsky was the opposite. He basically said, really? I, I'm not going to say anything about. Here's like the first whatever it was, like three hour cut of Solaris or something. Yeah, and just just let the movie tell you what needs to be told oh that's cool yeah that's uh, yeah that have you seen that one Solaris? oh yeah i i try and watch it every few years but it's just man i studied it in university Mm -hmm. and uh, what do you say about that i know it's so cool i find i find his look that he has in his movies are just is so um i don't know it's hard to describe it just there's a quality to it that you just know it when you see it it's undescribable, but I know what you mean. Like, yeah, it's like you can feel it and it feels kind of always feels kind of wet or damp or yeah. cold, or it's just like, yeah, you're, you're, it's unsettling. But then there's stuff in some of Tarkovsky's, like where it's raining inside or, yeah. or, or you know, when, when his dead wife comes back on the spaceship, it's just shit like that. Or his mom is like washing him on the spaceship. It's just like, I don't, this guy, another level, another level. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's like, it's his version of 2001, I think. Basically. basically, right? Yeah, it's just so out there. I, I honestly, I've only seen it once. I need okay. to rewatch it. But um, I think you would get a kick out of. It's crazy. I think you would have to watch it and then explain to me how they did some of those scenes where they're floating, like did they oh, yeah. were they suspended on wires and then they rode 
out the wires or what. Yeah. Because it's so clean. Like, it's so awesome. They must have. It looks so good. I'll, yeah, I'll have, to, I'll have to watch it again. Um, I watched Don't Look Now recently, and that, that one was really is really great. It's a Nicholas Rogue. Okay. Um, he's an Australian filmmaker. Okay. And uh, I think he's Australian. I might be completely wrong about that, but, um, <laughs> right. really, really cool. Uh, he, he really always does, uh, this montage style of editing where he's like intercutting scenes okay. or, um, so like, don't look now is, is, a is just this movie about kind of about losing a child and then, Ooh. um, that dread that comes after it and the damage it does to uh, a marriage. And then, and uh, I think like the hope that the, the wife has and, and, and then there's, there's all this crazy, it takes place in Venice, Italy. Oh. So there's um, he constantly gets these images of, of uh, things happening before they happen. And uh, the editing is, is like that too. Like, He's up on a scaffolding, and then all of a sudden you see this quick slow motion shot of a board falling, oh. and then it comes back to reality, and you're like, "What the hell is that?" Why? And then the board all of a sudden hits Whoa. the glass in front of him, like it's all this like really cool surreal huh. feeling to it. But um, it's really cool, and it I think like the movie's kind of all about uh, uh, like death and mm. impending doom, and and uh, I think that's even kind of there's this really good interview on it and like Cronenberg, David Cronenberg is talking on it. Okay. And he says yeah. how Venice, Italy is almost like a perfect city for a film. You want to talk about death because the city itself is dying. Like it's slowly sinking, sinking. and, ah. and the buildings are falling apart. It's in disrepair. And, and, and that wow. like, as soon as I heard that, I was like, Holy shit, that completely changed my perception of the movie. And and now I kind of um, want to watch it again yeah. with that in mind. I want to watch you it. Know? <laughs> it's really cool. And it has one of the creepiest, most twisted endings ever. Okay. Like, it still gives me chills every time it happens. <sighs> Highly recommend. Don't look oh, now. I'm like, I found it on Wikipedia. Yeah, yeah. Ni- yeah, 1973. Yeah. I saw a performance that he did a few years earlier, which is a very bizarre movie. Mick Jagger's in it. Oh really? Yeah, I've not seen that one. Don't look now sounds a little bit more at my alley. Performance is like this very weird drug fueled like. I guess okay. they call it a gangster film, but I guess yeah. I don't really remember it that well. But Walkabout is is pretty great too. That one's neat. It's like these two kids get stranded in the Australian outback. Oh wow! Yeah, it's it's really weird. Walkabout he he directed and shot and then won the Palm Door. Yes. That's right. Guy's a, so, I forgot all about yeah, this guy. Nicholas he's Rogue. Yeah, wow, he's yeah. Uh, very cool. So I, I did the, I did that, and and then and then I watched. Uh, so I followed up True Romance, um, with Man on Fire. I revisited mm. that one, and I remember yeah, that, one, that one. Yeah, it really, it really hit me well this time. I, uh, I think, uh, I always really liked it, but I think maybe just cause I'm a little older now, like mm. the emotional side of it really, really, mm. really worked, really worked for me this time. That's interesting. Hey, how you can watch a movie when you're 17, 18 and none of that stuff really hits. And then you live 10 years and it, you realize, yeah. you know, life doesn't go on forever or whatever. And yeah, things change. It's like, Oh, the weight. Yeah. 
Totally. I'm, and and like when I was younger, I was in it purely for, yeah, Denzel just going and getting revenge, right? right? right. And that, that side of it, which is still awesome. Mm-hmm. And it totally works on that level as a movie. But I think watching it now, I see this like the little bit of like a father-daughter relationship that he has with sure. Dakota Fanning and how he trains her. And, uh, and you're seeing this guy kind of find the inspiration for life again and to kind of get out of his alcoholism mm. and his depression mm-hmm. and then when that's snatched away from him how he reacts to it so there's like the character arc mm. i really connected with and i oh man like i just i really love the crazy style that the movie was shot with mm. that tony scott did where he's using like crank cameras oh, and really? uh yeah, like double exposing and uh. man, it is it is it's insane that a movie a big mainstream action movie like that basically is almost like experimental in its style. And I just feel like you would never see that nowadays. Everything's so like Marvel and right. Netflixy and this movie just goes out there and wow. just does something crazy and that's yeah. that's how it really should be. Uh, yeah. how it ought like that's well maybe people like you and I get a kick out of that maybe, but I don't know. Did you see Possessor? No. No, I haven't. Oh, you should uh, check that out. Yeah. That's Cronenberg, uh, his His son. Yeah. That, right? yeah. Yeah. But there's some stuff in there that's visually like, even like they frame up, they frame their close-ups so like there's no lead room. Like the, you know what I mean? Like all the room is behind. Just like little oh, shit. Oh, cool. Right. Like just to be different, I guess. But yeah. You know, the average person would say, well, what's going on? Or maybe they wouldn't even notice. But you and I or people that are more in tune with it are like, ah, I see. He's purposely yeah. breaking the rules here. Yeah, yeah. I love that where where they can – you can do something like that. Like that show um, – uh, fuck, what's it called? Mr. Robot does that a lot hmm. where it puts, it puts characters on the – against the frame like that. Okay. And, and puts the space behind them. And yeah, it creates this really cool like disconnect between uh people you know that's exactly right because the whole point of that open space is to you know it it's insinuating that they're looking out to something else but yeah if they're here they're kind of they're trapped almost yeah there's like something missing there Mm -hmm. and and maybe it's more of like a way to portray someone's like thinking about something Mm -hmm. right like there's something over here that they're actually is in the back of their mind that they're thinking about it's like a hundred percent yeah it's like a visual way of and it's so easy it's just <laughs> Move right. the camera yeah. over. <laughs> Very yeah. Did you uh we we don't we're not gonna talk about it, but did you watch Boogie Nights recently or it's been a while? I think in probably like the last year I did. Okay. Yeah. I won't I won't force the discussion, but what I came away from it was like something there was I like I love Paul Thomas Anderson, but something about this movie didn't do it for me. Yeah. That was what Is I came it, away um, from. Do you do you really like the first half and not the second half? I didn't mind that transition into the eighties. I actually kind of, I actually thought that scene where they bring that kid into the limo and then beat him yeah. up on the side. I thought that was incredibly, I thought that was awesome. I, yeah. I, I think I just liked it the same the whole way and it, something felt hollow about it, but maybe that was the point. Yeah. You know? I, I, yeah, it, it's funny cause I've always enjoyed that movie, but it might actually be kind of like overrated a little bit. <laughs> like I think it, it's good, yeah. but it's not like, it's not Pulp Fiction, right? It's no. not this like masterpiece that people claim it to be um did anybody ever call that a masterpiece i don't i don't know it's it's always kind of been like a cult classic i guess right because i don't think it made big waves at the time but it's always been like 
people always say, oh, it's such an underrated gem and it's so good and blah, blah, blah. I'm like, yeah, it's fine. It's a good movie. I love it. But uh, <laughs> I think there's like, I think there is things about it that are weird that maybe don't line up. There's just weird. I think what it is is like there's weird tone shifts all throughout it. Mm, interesting. Like, like there's sometimes there's scenes with Kev with uh, William H Macy, and I'm like, am I supposed to be laughing or am I? Yeah, that's depressed? a very yeah, that's a pretty <laughs> weird little side panel in that movie. Yeah, right? like yeah, and why why am I being forced to watch this guy do this over yeah. and over again? Yeah, you know? and then and then when that thing that scene happens with him and his wife, right. uh, that kind of sets off the second half of the movie. Uh, right, it's like, oh shit, okay. It's a great way to end the 70s, for sure, when he blows his brains out. But, yeah, I was yeah. like, why did I have to see it three times before that? You know, where he's, yeah. his wife's a, a whore. Yeah, exactly. And and he's insecure, and but doesn't want to say anything, and then it just bottles up. And, right. Yeah. Right. And then, but then there's, like, also, like, just, like, weird scenes with, um, with like, John C. Riley and Mark Wahlberg, where it's, like, kind of, like, they're riffing, but... Mm. I don't know if it works, really. I don't know. It's mm-hmm. it's a weird, weird movie. It's definitely like not his best movie. It's definitely mm-hmm. like you can tell he's trying to do something different and interesting, but maybe it didn't hundred percent work. I think that's. He, I think that's fair. He, yeah, like Paul Thomas Anderson is just like man. That guy has just trajectory of just making like great movies. Yeah, I feel like all of them are just so different and. And really interesting. Um, That's true. The, All very different. Yeah, yeah, and 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 like I love There Will Be Blood. It's so good. Um, I think I it's love, the best. Uh, I think it. Yeah, like... <laughs> yeah. I I, I want to rewatch The Master because I only watched it once. Same. I yeah. keep meaning to. I always see it on Netflix. Where I'm like, ah, is tonight the night? No, I don't think I have it in me. But it's also like it's like a two and a half hour movie so i have to be really mentally ready <laughs> yeah totally do you own it yeah do you have a copy i don't i actually don't so maybe that's the way to do it maybe i'll just buy it and then, then i'll then. be like okay hey, now i have to <laughs> <laughs> yeah the master what's he what's his most recent i try to like inherent vice oh. but that was a long time ago yeah that one that one was kind of weird I that was really... weird i liked it but yeah. it was weird yeah didn't 100 percent get it maybe i need to watch it again um I haven't seen his latest, the, uh, the I, fuck, what's it called? Daniel Day-Lewis, right? Oh, Phantom Thread. That's it. Yeah, yeah. I saw that. You Is got, it good? Yeah, you like it. It's yeah. it's very weird because it's, I mean, you're watching this kind of, Daniel Day-Lewis is playing this very sort of, not effeminate, but like very, not a very, like a polar opposite to who he plays in There Will Be Blood, you know, not very, yeah. not as rugged, you know? He's a fashion designer in the 50s. And, it's and he's he's like obsessive or very obsessive, yeah. It's it's yeah. kind of uncomfortable for a lot of it, and there's some kind of misogynist moments that are you feel weird watching it. Yeah. I did anyway, but I mean when it when it pulls together at the end, it's just like wow. Oh, it's great. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I, I forgot all about that. I watched that last spring. Yeah. Nice. Okay, I'm I'm putting that to top of my list along with Master. Yeah. Okay. Um, I I also I watched Manchester by the Sea pretty recently, and that. Oh yeah, I saw that. Yeah, that that hit me pretty good. That was an emotional fucking yeah. cannonball. Yeah, yeah. It was really, really well done. Just the slow reveal of why this guy is such a piece of shit and why he's so closed off from everyone. Right. And then when when they reveal it, you're like, holy shit. Right. 
I yeah that yeah. I remember yeah it is that rollout where it's just like oh oh it's like yeah then the what is it you know we, we were drinking and then the cocaine came out and then we yeah we went to the store and what if the furnace blows up or something yeah yeah he forgets he doesn't close the gate on the fireplace right and so a log rolled out or something right and and he tries to do the right thing by like not driving to the store because he's drunk right he's like I'll walk right. so it took him forty minutes right right. It's like all God. these things, and it's just, oh, man. It's just like, it, it, it's just about how, like, yeah, sometimes life doesn't give a shit, mm-hmm. you know, if you have three kids and you're this nice guy, you know, mm-hmm. doesn't care. Sometimes it'll just step all over you. Like, there's that scene uh, right after the fire where they're, like, loading, they're putting the wife into the ambulance, and they can't, like, load her into the ambulance properly. It's, like, embarrassingly oh, bad. Right, like, right. they're trying to get it in, and it's, like, so awkward. Because it's, like, yeah, it doesn't even care if you just lost your kids. Mm. Like, Sometimes, this will still happen. Right. Sometimes the <laughs> paramedics are going to fuck up. Yeah, exactly. Who is, uh, do you remember the, who, I feel like it was written and directed by the same guy. Like, yeah, a, I'm not. What's that guy's name now? Yeah, look it up. I'm not too familiar. Um, I think he's only made, like, a couple films. But yeah, damn. Yeah, that Crazy. was yeah. I always it's funny like I feel like my Netflix and my Amazon Prime never change. Like I watched yeah. that movie in my basement like 4 years ago and it keeps suggesting it to me. Oh my god. It's like just, That's frustrating. Well, it is. But I was talking to Gabriel Lima and he's like you have to dig when it comes to Netflix. Like yeah. it, it is there. I was like, is it? <laughs> yeah, it's 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 weird that way. I don't really get how the algorithm works cuz it's like they must have like 10,000 movies on there, but I'm seeing the same, right? like 20. The same damn thing. I didn't want to watch them then, you know? Yeah. I, like, I'm not going to watch that. What's that show on Prime? Like the Western show, Wyoming or uh, what's it called? Yellowstone. Yeah, I'm, like, I'm not going to watch this. Yeah. Stop trying to make it happen. Yeah. It's not going to happen. <laughs> <laughs> Kenneth, uh, Kenneth Lonergan. Okay. That's yeah, it. You're right. He hasn't done a whole hell of a lot, but. What he's done has been pretty strong. <laughs> yeah, no kidding. Crazy movie. Uh, yeah, he hasn't done anything since Manchester by the Sea. Yeah. Why is he? another one? He's credited on Gangs of New York. As oh, I, I guess Scorsese. I guess as a writer. Have you seen Gangs of New York? Yeah. <laughs> I watched it about a, just a month ago. I freaking loved it. It's great. That's another um, another Daniel Day-Lewis. Right. And he's so yeah. great in that. <laughs> yeah, Bill the, the Butcher. Yeah, the most savage you know, person you could ever imagine. Yeah. Love, uh, love his accent that he, that he does in that. Yeah. It's so it's like prototypical, like New Jersey accent, I guess, or something. Yeah. Yeah. And that got me thinking, that's kind of cool. It's like that New York accent came from England, I guess. And just got, yeah. All chewed up. All chewed up and metamorphosized. Yeah. Apparently he, I, I forget where I heard this, but I think he, he like, listen to some like old wax recordings of pe- wow. of some guy from that era that oh e- existed and he kind of like used that as a reference for the voice wow yeah yeah because like leo and cameron diaz are just kind of doing this irish <laughs> this attempt yeah. at an i but like whatever daniel day lewis is doing is like uh, from another world you know yeah he's next level he always is outshining everyone else in a movie right and i guess he's done right like he said he's never gonna act again I think so. So Phantom Thread, that was his uh, curtain call. I guess. That's yeah. unfortunate. Because I hate to, like, I always just fall right in love with, with him. And any, yeah, and anything, he's great. You know? 
Like I have to admit that. <laughs> yeah. Oh, you you'd love it on the on the Louis Louis C.K. episode I was talking about. There's a part where he's talking about when he was shooting his uh, show in New York, and they had like a tent up for the crew. Okay. And um, and uh, he walked by. Um, Daniel Day Lewis walked by, and as he walked by, he kind of like hit his head on the tent. Mm. And then and then Louis was like, "Oh, uh, I'm like, oh, sorry. Did you did you hit your head?" And he just turned and he was like, "Yes, I did." And then kept walking. <laughs> <laughs> Like, he's just such a, he's just no bullshit and he's got a temper, you know, that's like exactly how you'd expect him to be. Totally, totally. Like he's not that far removed from, from his character in, yeah, in the, will be yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah. Maybe totally. not so much at the end when he kills the guy with the bowling pin, but like, yeah, you know, middle of the movie. I'm finished. I'm finished. <laughs> oh man. That would be a movie that I would watch again and, and talk with you about. There, yeah, there will we be should blood. do that one. Let's, that's, let's make that the next one. That's the goat, I think. Yeah, agreed. Well, we could go all night long, but I guess we should get some sleep or get back to... Probably, uh, you're going you're yeah. to edit all night probably, aren't you? Yeah, <laughs> that's the plan, right? <laughs> cool, well... Maybe, maybe I'll squeeze a movie in, we'll see. Nice, right on. Okay, well, Sam, as all... I mean, hey, you're number two on the guest list with your third, third appearance. I appreciate your time and always uh, learn something and have a great time with you. Yeah, always a pleasure, man. I love I love these chats. Yeah, right. Let's keep yeah. uh, keep on doing them. Absolutely. Alrighty. Thank you for listening to the North Bank Media Podcast. If you enjoy this conversation, please subscribe on YouTube and give us a like. If you're listening on Apple Podcasts, please subscribe as well and leave a five star review. Mm-hmm.